Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. Amen. <laughs> you look good this morning. Look over to somebody and say, you look good this morning. Yeah. And look over to the second choice and say, you look good too. What a beautiful day. I, um, it always brings, Jewel really blesses me. And, and Jewel, you don't know, you remind me so much of my own mother. And um, when I was growing up, we would, my dad led Sunday school at the nursing home. And so I would go with them. My mom would play the piano. She would set, stand me up on the piano stool beside her, and we would sing a trio at the nursing home, and then my dad would teach Sunday school, and we did that for years. And so um, I always enjoy singing, right? Yeah. We'd sing songs like, There's a roof up above me. I've a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and there's shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. <laughs> For some reason or another, I feel like I got a choir over here. <laughs> sounded, sounded nice and pretty over there. <laughs> but you know, I think sometimes we, we have different avenues of how we honor moms. We sometimes preach at moms on Mother's Day. We sometimes make them feel guilty. We read Psalms 31 and we tell them what they should be. <sighs> But you know, honestly, are we, are we what we should be to mothers? You know, I mean, we, you can't help but see the headlines of how mothers are often treated these days and the conflict and the chaos that we find in society. Because when, when the home breaks down, it breaks down all of society. And I would rather know that I'm valuing and appreciating and honoring mothers how we should, right? I mean, think about this. John chapter 19, verse 26 through 27 says, so when, he, so when Jesus saw his mother, think about this. This is the scenario here, okay? Jesus is being crucified. Jesus has been beaten He's had the cat of nine tails. He's, he's literally had nails driven through his hands and his feet. And yet in the midst of this great passion for all of humanity, he looks out and sees his mother. And this is how he responds. So when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, nearby, he said to his mother, woman, 
Behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his, his own household. Wow. Wow. Even on the cross, Jesus was looking out for mom. Right? How much more should we look out for mom? Should get a good amen from some mamas up in here. Amen. <laughs> right? I mean, to think of this scenario, to think of the weight. And, and we can, believe me, there's a, a lot that we could say, but I think that we need to make sure that we are loving mom appropriately. It's, it's amazing to me that we let the littlest things come between us and family members. We let the littlest things happen and cause agitation and cause strife between and it's amazing because the word, the word tells us that offenses will drive us away. It will, it will separate us. And even the word of God tells us that be, understand that in this world you have a, you'll be offended. But we shouldn't let offenses drive us away from the ones we love, from the ones we care for. And even greater, our mother, right? Now, I get it. Me and my mom are too much alike. Y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and as much as I love my mom, a couple days is about all we can hang. Because, nah, she's really mellowed a lot, and so have I. <laughs> but the reality is, is that even though my mom and I sometimes are, may butt our heads Every day, just about every day, at least every other day, I call my mom just to say hello. Just to say, how are you doing? So I think that this morning we need to learn to love our mothers appropriately. Just as Jesus gave us an example, even from the cross, to love his mother, to make sure she's taken care of. How we do that? Well... We need to love her verbally. We need to verbally say, I love you. I know that's hard. Try this with me. I, I, I love you. It might be difficult, you know. Some, you know. some guys say, well, I show her I love her. That's not, that's not enough, right? I mean, you've got to be able to say it. Think about this. She really shows you love, right? If you look at Ephesians, in, in the very last verse of Ephesians chapter 5, says, Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself, and the wife must see it to it that she respects her husband. It, it, it tells two opposite gifts here because men need respect, Women need love. So it tells men to do opposite of what you need. Show love. I know it's hard. It's difficult. There was a, a story written to Dear Abby one time. It was an enlisted man. It says, I enlisted shortly after Pearl Harbor. 36 days late, later, I was on my way to the Philippines. En route to the Philippines fell to the Japanese and we were routed to Australia. 
11 days after we landed, I met the most beautiful girl in the world. Our first date, I told her I was going to marry her. I did. 18 months later, while on a 10-day R&R leave from New Guinea, I married her. After more than 57 years of marriage and two children, my beloved Mary died five days before Christmas. Although we agreed that our ashes were to be scattered over the mountains, I found I could not part with her ashes. While Mary was alive, she would frequently say, you don't know how much I love you. And I'd pr- I would reply, likewise. I never said I love you. Now her ashes are on my dresser where I tell her several times a day how much I love her, but it's too late. Although I wrote poetry to her, I could not bring myself to say the three words I know she wanted to hear the most. As my dearest was dying and we thought she was comatose, I told her, there aren't enough words to tell you how much I love you. A few hours later, she whispered, not enough words, and died. The reason I'm writing is to encourage and urge men to express their feelings while their loved ones are alive. I don't know why, but men are so reluctant to express the depths of their feelings. Missing Mary in Colorado. We don't know the number of days we have, do we? We don't know the moments that we spend together. And though we spend these moments, it's important to say, I love you. We need to hear that. Our wife needs to hear that. We need to love her verbally. We need to love her physically. You know, young people, children, every one of you is a child of somebody, right? Some mother. I mean, think about it. The mother's the first one who loved on you. The mother's the first one who caressed you and held you. As Megan said so graciously early, uh, wiped up stuff that we don't even want to talk about from you. Cared for you, loved you, was patient with you, right? Would say, give me some sugar, and with those mouth wide open and slobbery lips, would accept whatever you gave because she loved the physical touch of you. How nice it would be for you to just come by and sit beside her on the couch. How nice it would be for you to just come up and, Mom, I just want to give you a hug. Of course, in her mind, she's probably saying, well, now what do you want? (laughs) But husbands, it would be nice, too, as well, to just hold her hand every once in a while. Just give her a hug because. Just come up and massage her shoulders because she's had a tough day. I might be pressing it a little bit, but you can even rub her feet every once in a while. I'm getting some amens. I'm feeling feeling a little few amens out there. Come on, somebody. Woo. (laughs) But, um, you know, a gentle touch, a, a sweet embrace is more than candy. It's more than flowers. It's more than eating out. It's more than diamond. Well, maybe not that far. But anyway, it's pretty nice, right? I, I remember, you know, 
like I said, visiting the nursing home. And, and later on in life, um, when I was youth pastoring in Cleveland, Ohio, and in Cleveland, Tennessee, we had a nursing home ministry, and, and we would go once a week. And I just remember every time we'd stop by some, some little lady's bed, they grabbed my hand. They always wanted that physical touch, always wanted that physical embrace. Love verbally, love physically, love patiently. Oh, boy. I mean, listen, mothers have an amazing, amazing job. I mean, I mean, mothers, whether they're bivocational or home moms, the job is never ending. I mean, I, I don't even want to, th- look, I would not trade, I would work three jobs to keep from having to do what my wife does. Especially these three, I mean, they're now more not as stinky, but (laughs) three athletic, stinky boys and the clothes that they come off that will stand up by themselves that she washes and folds and all those good stuff. And, And then the long hours spent cleaning and making sure the house is appropriate for company when they come, making sure that food's on the table, you know? I, I really believe that when I think of the role that, that a mother plays, it is so much uh, the essence of God nurturing and caring and, and literally making sure that the home is cared for. Wow, what a blessing, right? So it's important to be patient, right? I mean, to think that, Sometimes we come in and, well, what's for dinner? Or we get, and, and just to let you know, guys, I'm preaching to me too. I mean, they're already, I mean, I, I don't know how you ladies are, but my wife, she makes a calendar of meals. And so I, you know, we pretty much know what we're doing. She's got, she's got plans. She's a planner. I'm a fly by the seat of the pants. Let's go do his thing. So she plans things out. Like today, we have a plan after we leave here and, and all that good stuff. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll be coming home. The boys will be with me, and we're, we're starving. And so we get this idea. We'll call mom to see what mom has planned for food. And the idea is, is that if it's not something we don't, you know, we're not really craving, then we'll stop by wherever we want to go. I, you know, she, hey, after 28 years, you know, dating and married together, she knows everything about, there's nothing hidden. <laughs> she, she already knows, you know. And so I have to, you know, I have to realize when I do that, that's not really honoring her. It's not, it's not valuing her. And I've had to reevaluate because then I start thinking, what am I telling these boys? How am I equipping them and training them to value their wife appropriately? Preaching right here. I hope, hope some settling. I hope there's some stuff getting in there, right? Got to be patient. Got to be careful. I mean, we, we come in, well, where's the cookies? 
Why is it this ironed? Where's my keys? Where's anything in this house? Right? I mean, the brain of a woman is an amazing thing. I mean, everything's, it's all just, it knows everything. Where's the keys? Well, you laid them here yesterday, and it's the same place you laid them. How'd you know where I laid them? She knows, right? Be patient. Be patient. Love patiently. Right? Be careful not to take advantage of her. That's a good word. Don't take advantage. Love her attentively. Mothers, listen as you pour out your heart. She has a sympathetic ear. She's always listening, always hearing your side of everything. Sometimes it just takes time to stop and say, you know what? What do you need, Mom? I mean, the crazy thing is, is mothers are super gracious. I mean, if you, there was an interview done, this a few years ago, of, of a guy who literally was a murderer. And they interviewed the mom, and she said, but he has such a good heart. I'm thinking, what? <laughs> That's just a mom, though, right? Moms are super caring, super compassionate, super loving, and, and yet sometimes we're not as attentive to her and what she needs. Jesus said, son, behold your mother, right? Make sure that we're loving her attentively, caring for her. Look, I don't know that we could ever pay her back for what she does, but at least we could do some things to value and appreciate, like pick up the socks, <laughs> hang up the shirt, remove your boots from the living room, pick up that nasty clothes in the bathroom. Anyway, y'all know what I'm saying. Love gratefully. <laughs> An elementary science class did a study on magnets. And, and so the teacher was, you know, did all these different things. It's the end of the, end of the course. And so she was doing a, a test and she said, okay, what is, a, <laughs> what is a word that picks up things? Starts with M. Mother. They didn't get magnet. They got mother, right? Well, that's the way it goes, right? I remember. <laughs> I remember the fact that visiting with um, Kim's mom and dad. Her mother's just an amazing lady as well, and I just love the the fact that she's. Super attentive, super caring, super grateful. Anytime that we come, it's like you're the, the apple of her eye. You're the, you're the one that she's got doting on and, and just loving on. And I'm thankful for that feeling of just inviting to come in. And that's what a mother does. Grateful. We didn't love her generously, right? Generously. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, to think that mother is so generous. I mean, if, if, if there were seven or if there was 10 people around the table and there was a pie being set down and, and you said, is there enough for everybody? Mom would always say, yes, there's enough. 
Because mom will make sure she doesn't get one ounce of it to make sure everybody else gets a bite. She's always generous. She's always the last one. I noticed this from her grandmother who will be 100 years old in July. And uh, uh, we went down to take Wesley's furniture last week. And she's, she got in the car and said, I'm going to go see his apartment. <laughs> I said, buddy, you're in trouble. But when the 100-year-old uh, grandmother is coming to make sure you're behaving, that's a good thing. But, but I've watched grandmother. I've watched mother. And I've watched my wife. They always want to go last. They're the ones slaving in the kitchen. They're the ones taking care of everything, making sure everything's put out, making sure all the table's set. And then they wait to the last. I'm thinking, you, you just did all this. You go first. But then they sit back and wait to make sure everybody's taken care of and they're the last ones to the table. Because mothers are generous like that. Wouldn't it be nice for us to be generous back to mother, right? You know, I heard somebody say something the other day about teenagers these days. Teenagers will go to somebody else's house, because, and we're always worried, right? If you're, if you're a parent of a teenager, you're always worried. Now you better behave over their house, right? Don't we say those things? You better be good over that. It's amazing to me. We'll talk to somebody and say, well, you know, your kids are over there. Man, you have the greatest kids. They're just so nice. I'm thinking, do you know these kids? <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, I'm thinking, I have, I have really blessed with some amazing kids. I'm just, but, the, but the reality is, it's true, though. Don't we think these things? And, and, and here's the deal. Young people, if you're in here, I know some of you are in here. Listen, don't treat your friends and your, and your friends' parents better than you treat your mom. Right? If you go to their house and you are so cordial, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, I would like some of that please. These please and thank yous go a long way, right? Love your mother like you would treat your, neighbor, your friend's parents and your friends. Love them and be generous to them. Y'all good? Good. <laughs> Love her honorably. Exodus 20, 12 says, Honor Thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God has given you. Look, this is, this is binding as long as your mother lives. Another command says, children, obey your parents. Look, we've got to honor mom, right? To think that this commandment comes with a a blessing. If you honor your parents, if you honor your mom, your days will be long upon the earth. Galatians chapter 6 and 2 says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. There's a promise when we do that. Man, y'all are quiet today. Here's a little story. It says, When God created mothers. It says, When the, when the, when the, Good Lord created mothers. He was into his sixth day of overtime. When an angel appeared and said, you're doing a lot of fiddling around on this one. The Lord replied, have you seen the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, but not plastic. Have 180 movable parts, all replaceable. Run on black coffee and leftovers. 
have a lap that disappears when she stands up, a kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointed uh, love, and six pair of hands. The angel shook her head slowly and said, six pair of hands? No way. It's not the hands that are causing me the problem, said the Lord. It's the three pairs of eyes that mothers have to have. One pair that sees through closed doors when she says, what are you kids doing in there? When she really already knows, right? Another in the back of her head that, <laughs> that sees what she shouldn't, but what she needs to know. And of course, the ones in the front that look at the child when he goof, goofs up and says, I understand and I love you. Without so much as uttering a word, I'm so close to creating something so close to myself. Already, I have one who heals herself when she is sick, can feed a family of six on a pound of hamburger, and get, in, get a nine-year-old to stand up in a shower. Not only can she think, she can reason and she can compromise. Wow. Finally, the angel bent over and ran her finger across the cheek of the mother and said, Oh, no, there's a leak, she pronounced. I told you, you, you are trying to put too much in this model. That's not a leak, said the Lord. It's a tear. What's it for? asked the angel. The Lord replied, It's for joy. It's for sadness. It's for disappointment. It's for pain. It's for loneliness and pride. You're a genius, shouted the angel with a somber look on his face. The Lord says, I didn't put that one there. This morning, I honor you mothers for all that you do. You know, I, I look at Ephesians chapter 5, 23 through 30, and I see all that the husbands should do, be the head of be the head of the wife. In other words, be the responsible one. I think sometimes we see our wives taking care of all of the responsibilities at the home life that we think, well, she's got this. But in the end, when we stand before the Lord, it won't be her who stands before the Lord and, and is responsible for the family. According to the Word of God, it is the husband that stands before the Lord. Now, I know that that reeks in this society that, that wants to uh, blur the lines of gender, wants to blur the lines of responsibility, but this doesn't change. It is the truth that stands forever and ever, and it is what we will stand before the Lord and be judged by. And so, therefore, men, it's time for us to step up to the plate and be responsible in our homes, to love our wife I mean, in that same passage, it says, husbands, love your wives, verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wow. There was a, a prominent speaker at Promise Keepers one time who, who said, my ultimate goal, he says, he says, I don't try to make it a competition, but I want to do as much as she does around the house. 
I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to try to outdo her in our home. Now, I, I know, man, that's, when I think of that, I'm thinking there's no way. I mean, because I know. But at the same time, would it hurt to try? Would it, would it hurt to, to do my best to honor my wife in such a way that I gave myself for her? That I was willing to sacrifice? In, in, in our 27 years of marriage and about the number of blowouts that we've probably had are on two hands right here. But every one of those, I can guarantee you, was, as Josh did a while ago, <laughs> it was me. It was my own selfishness. And the fact is, is because she is so selfless. Wouldn't it be nice if we gave ourselves for our wife and said, every morning we got up, honey, how can I serve you today? How can I help you today? How can I make your life blessed today? Man, y'all are quiet on me. Women, this is a good opportunity for y'all. Some amens. Come on, somebody. Yeah, preach that, boy. Give me some more. <laughs> Verse 27, that he might present, that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory. Wow. To, another version says radiant, that we might present her radiant. I mean, as, as a pastor having counsel with multiple couples over the years, I could see in the eyes of, of, of a lady who's, who's struggling. But at the same time, I can also see in the eyes of one who's been well cared for, one who is joyous, one who has a great relationship. And I encourage you guys, make sure that you are cherishing your wife, right? Who honors and cherishes your wife. Look, the, the thing is, is that y'all know what a vase and a vase is? Y'all know the difference? I mean, because sometimes we think of the crystal stuff, you know? Mom has the crystal stuff in, in the nice cabinet. We don't touch the crystal stuff, right? And it's fragile. But just because it's fragile doesn't mean it's un invaluable. It means it's more valuable. It's precious. It's to be cherished. You bring it out on special occasions. You clean it. You make sure it looks good. You always try to value that precious china, that precious crystal. Now, I don't know about you. I don't even know what they even use anymore in, in the schools. But when I went to school, they used Melmac. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Them old green or blue trays. I mean, literally, literally, you can get on the, on the playground on one of those on the slide board, and you could fly. They were indestructible, right? Not like these cheap plastic things they make these days, right? But the thing is, is that Sometimes we treat our spouse like Melmac because we think, well, they're indestructible. They're, they're, they're so useful, they're so valuable, that they're, but yet they're indestructible, and we don't treat them the same way. We, we take for granted. And yet, if we're truly trying to present her as, as radiant in all of her glory, then shouldn't we do our best to make sure that she is cherished and valued and cared for in such a way that we can present her as the beauty. I was at um, 
I was at Foothills Worship Center. Uh, it's a little church going out, see, out in Seymour. Uh, I was there for a graduation for Allison uh, Friday. And the pastor who, great guy, um, has just recovered from a stroke. And uh, he, he came in, and his wife came in after and I said, man, is that your daughter? <laughs> and the point of that is, I said, you know what? You have a beautiful wife. They're, they're both in their late 60s. I said, you have a beautiful wife. He said, well, I, I truly honor and cherish, and I'm thankful for my amazing wife. And I thought, man, here's a, here's, a, here's a gentleman who understands what it means to present your wife as in all of her glory. Lastly, it says, I'm going to go on down, skip down, and I'm closing. For this reason, a man shall leave his, verse 31, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined or cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You know, one thing I had to learn very early in my relationship is that Kim Dyer is not Jane Dyer. She's never going to be Jane Dyer, who is my mom. She's not in competition for that role, and she should never be in competition for that role. When I chose Kim Dyer, I chose to leave mom and dad and cling to my wife. I don't ever expect her to do the things my mom did because she's not my mom. If I wanted to marry my mom, I'd have stayed at home and I'd have been 40 living in her basement still. <laughs> Guys, make sure that you don't put values on your wife and un realistic expectations on her because she is not your mother. Love her and value her and cherish her for who she is and recognize that she is yours and you too shall become one flesh. Amen. Amen. Mothers, today I hope that you are honored. I hope that today... Your family treats you like the queen that you are. I pray that you get blessed by hugs and letters and phone calls. I pray that, man, that you get to eat whatever you want to eat, that the calories will be gone in Jesus' name, that everything's going to be great. It's great. It's the day off. Take the day off, right? I do pray that you are cherished and valued. And I want you to know, look, I recognize the, the enemy is, is at his peak trying to destroy families. And there may even be in this room right here right now couples who are struggling. Couples who are struggling with each other. Fighting. Tension. Aggravation. Look, understand, even the Word of God tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and dark forces. We, we, that person beside you, that person that you call your wife is not your enemy. It's your partner. 
It's your companion. It, it's, it's, it's your warring buddy. It's the one that's going to stick with you and everybody else looks at you as a failure. They're the one that's going to keep on saying, let's go, let's make this thing. Right? They saw the potential in you even when you didn't see the potential in yourself. Now's the time to fight for each other, Amen. not fight against each other. Now's the time to lift each other up, not the time to cast each other off. Look, the world has set a precedent. Well, if I don't like this one, I'll go find another one. Look, this is not your radio at the house that you put your double D batteries or double whatever in, batteries in. That, that just because the electronics messed up on it and you throw it in the... This is not a throwaway toy. This is a relationship. And, and it's so important of a relationship that the Word of God alluded to that relationship of husband and wife just as Jesus Christ, the head of the church, is to his bride. That's how important it is. It's not to be... So easily cast off, but to be cherished, embraced, upheld, lifted up. Look, do you go through rough patches? Who hasn't gone through a rough patch? Who hasn't had a bad day? Who hasn't had struggles? That's a part of the process of growing together. If Jesus cast you off every time you made a mistake and said, well, I'll just go find another, what would you be? But the same grace that Jesus Christ embraced and loved you and has walked with you through all of your failures, through all of your bad decisions, and said, I love you this much and wants to embrace you. How much more should that love be the love that we share with the one that we have chosen to be in a relationship with for the rest of our lives? Man. Love that person. Cherish that person. Care for them. Embrace them. Hold them tight. And it just might be when you get 80, 90 years old and you look over that tank, cantankerous person <laughs> that you can smile and say, we made it. We made it. We made it. I know some of you women, when you get to heaven, you'll be crowned with sainthood <laughs> for putting up with that spouse. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Peg, I don't even know her last name from the McCamey. Well, McCamey, I guess. Peg McCamey? Maybe that's her last name? She sings a song about I'm climbing up on the rough side of the mountain. I mean, some days may seem like we're climbing up the rough side of the mountain, but don't you want to make it to the peak? I mean, come on. Don't you want to see what's on the other side? Don't you want to, to embrace the journey? Look, it's extreme. It's like an extreme sport, you know? These days they have extreme snowboarding, extreme, you know, all these different extreme sports. Marriage is like an extreme sport. Let's go. We got this. Put on your helmet and your gloves. Let's ride. But it's amazing. 
But in the end, man, wow, what a jewel. Honey, I'm not embarrassing you. I just want you to stand beside me because you, you definitely make me look better. In July 29th, we'll celebrate 27 years. Yep. I know, I know. She was like 12 when we married. I get it. But uh, I wouldn't want to do life any differently. I wouldn't want to have anyone by my side other than this. This is a solid rock, dude. This is, I mean... Emotionally, spiritually, physically. I mean, she, she, is, she has been the total package for our whole family. Our kids, man, I'd have messed it up. I'm just being honest. But she's maintained a balance in her home. Our kids, if, if they had a microphone, they could tell you all of that. But guys, we ain't perfect. I mean, we... I know the look. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's that cold glare. <laughs> I'm like, yes, dear. <laughs> yes, dear. You, you, you just know, I mean, and I pray that, I pray we have many, many more. I pray the rest of our life together has, has been as good as, and better than the first 27. But guys, I encourage you, embrace that bride. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy each other. Through the challenges, through the ups and downs, you can make it. You can make it. And together, we can do more. You know, they say that... um, Couples, when they're together for a long time, they start looking alike. I'm hoping I get prettier and prettier. I don't know. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Either that I hope she don't go bald. I don't know. It's whatever. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, no. But I'm thankful. Couples, if you're here, would you just stand together right now? Moms, I want you to stand too. Go ahead and stand, moms. I want to pray over you because I recognize that it's a, it's a task. It's a challenge these days. It's a challenge to watch what your children are involved in. And, and it, it used to be that, you know, the VCR tapes, you could just, you know, you could handle VCRs. Even DVD players. But now, everything's digitized. It's such a challenge to raise children. It's such a challenge to guard your family. It's such a challenge to, to stay united. It's a fight. And listen, what better person to fight for than your spouse? Fight for them. Love them. Fight every everything that would try to interfere. Every intervening thought that would 
hinder the relationship. You have to fight against those things. Because if this is going to make it, it's going to have to be a, a, union, a union and a team effort. Got to do it. Father, I pray over every mother in this room. And Lord, I know that there are those who have maybe not had children, but in my view, they're still mothers. They have nurtured, cared for, compassionately taught and invested in so many other people. And I pray, Lord, that you will guard every mother in this room, that you'll guard these ladies and these women and these pre-mothers, these young ladies. God, that you'll keep their heart and mind in tune with you, Lord, that, they'll, that we will recognize, Lord, just as you, right on the cross of Calvary, Lord, even in the intensity of the pain of the cross, you are willing to look out and see your mother. You're willing to say, take care of her. Lord, I pray that we will have that same passion to fight for and take care of our mother. Lord, may we invest in our children to help them see our respect, our care, our compassion, our gratitude for and our love towards our wife and our mothers, that we can raise up disciples who will also carry out the same love, compassion, and generosity for their mother and their wife. Lord, I pray you'll bless this congregation indeed. Lord, make, help us to be stronger families so that we can create a stronger community. Help us to be stronger in our relationships and our commitment to each other. Lord, that we can also effectively create an atmosphere in our community that says we care about children, we care about young people, we care about families, we care about the kingdom of God. We want your heart. Your word says, suffer the little children to come unto me. And Lord, I pray that that is that same heart of a passionate Savior, is the same heart of mothers, let us also have that same passion to love children and youth. Guard our congregation. Guard our homes. Guard our families. Bless them and bless them indeed. Pour out your favor on them. Let them grow together stronger with tighter bonds that they've never had before. Let them look at each other as team members and not as enemies. Lord, let us realize that there's a future and a hope that you have for us. Lord, we surrender our marriages to you, God. Lord, have your way in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The table is for you. So, in dismissing, there's a table back here with gifts on it. And if my wife's going to go back there, and I think there's a couple of young people that's going to be helping her. Every woman, not just mothers, but every woman, 20 and above, we want you to have a gift to cherish. All right? So, if you, as you're dismissing, if you would like to make a line over there, we want to make sure there's two different choices. I think she showed them earlier. We want you to make sure you have one of them. We want to cherish you and love you. 
We love all of you guys. You guys are amazing. Can we give our mothers a big hand one more time? Wednesday night, we're in a, uh, in a study of Galatians. Come be a part of that. We have a worship time. We're, it's, it's like a, a Sunday night service, if you will. Come and enjoy. It'll be a great time. Invite somebody to be with you. God bless you. Love your mother.